0: Welcome to the 17th edition of the Wolves Women Podcast. I'm your host, Nick, and I've got, in the top left-hand corner, Jess. Hi. I've got Tom. Hi, everyone. And I've got Si down there. Hello, everyone. Um, First things first, Tom, love the hair, love the message as well. You've gone blue and yellow for Ukraine, so brilliant. Yeah, really good shout and uh, looks really good on you, mate. Um, And talking about... Tom. Mystic Tom hit two out of two in the last two matches as well so um, yeah you can leave the um, National Lottery numbers in the bottom later for us all because we'll all appreciate that um, <laughs> and I know the, some of the, uh, the families were loving it as your predictions as well so uh, yeah shout out to all of them as well who are telling me about that, that, how they were putting the money on you um, so we'll dive straight into the games. Um, first game obviously to review is Middlesbrough Away um, which we won four um, nil. Quick run through the the lineup: it was Shan, uh, Laura Cooper, Emma Cross, Marie Gauntlet, Tammy George, Jade Cross, Amber Hughes, Kelly Darby, Katie Johnson making a first start of the season, Anna Morfit and Beth Merrick. Um, I mean, I think you know it was a, we we knew it was going to be a tough game going up to the north northeast, but in the end we turned around at a comfortable 4-0 win didn't we Tom?
1: Yeah um, you know we, it was a long trip up there, the girls um, travelled up uh, the day before so you know that would have given them a, an advantage you know rather than travelling up on the day because I would say it's a long way to go um, so they'd be refreshed and yeah it was a comfortable victory in the end, a, a 4-0 victory and yeah it's you know, consolation, we got the goals, we got the clean sheet and it's a perfect, perfect weekend for the girls and you know, three crucial points against a team who, are, who have been struggling but, you know, recently got some good results against some decent teams um, in the last few weeks before we played them. So, yeah, to get the result, four goals and a clean sheet was a perfect weekend for us.
0: Yeah, so Amber sort of added to her tallies in that game and Maz got a couple, I think, and, and Morph did score a penalty. I mean, I think the, the shock, actually, of that game, Tom, uh, oh, sorry, I was going to say, is that Morph missed the early penalty. She she stepped up and missed.
2: I blame you. I, I, you and nobody but you.
0: That's fine, mate. Jinx. I'll take that That one. But, Jinx, uh, because
2: you probably lost your mortgage as well, if you'd have said you were going to put it on us, uh, kids are homeless now. Cheers. The sun's crying.
0: Yeah, yeah. I... I all I'm going to say is occasionally the tax man does give you uh, uh, money back. I know it's rare occurrences, but they, these things do happen. I had a cheque for 65 quid. Jesus Christ, I never felt so rich. <laughs> Drinks on you, mate. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but, but Jess, one thing I would say is she stepped, stepped up and took the next one. And I think that took... Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the video of the, of the
2: missed one, but uh, you said it was sort of saved by the... Oh, oh was it on there?
0: It was there, yeah.
2: it was saved. Oh, no, I have seen it, yeah. But then the other one, because she normally smashes them down the middle. Uh, I don't know whether she's just second-guessed herself. She normally lofts it in that would Yeah, it was bottom, keepers right, bottom, right placed um, to her left. Uh, and then the second one was more like she's she, some sort of down the middle, just centrally. I mean, the goalkeeping standards in this league, not always the best. So if you put it either side of the keeper at a bit of height or put a bit of pace on it, it usually goes in. Um, but on the game itself... Good start. Oh, you know, there's a theme in the last th- the last three games that we played. Good starts. Anything that any nerves that you've had, with come out of the block, firing, you know, firing, scoring early goals, settle any nerves and, and creating a tempo. And we don't concede many at the best of times. So if you're getting two or three, you've you've killed the spirit of the opposition, and then you can just sort of coast as well and, and manage your way through games, especially with a few injuries and things like that. I think that's. Uh, it's a certain tactic to come out the blocks, and we did it against Middlesbrough. We've done it against the others as well, which we'll come on to, and that's a, 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 certainly very, very deliberate, and it's paid dividends.
0: Yeah, no, completely. And just how good was it to see Katie Johnson, KJ, getting her first start of the season?
3: Yeah, no, really good. Obviously, she's been having a really good season on loan at Leafield Athletic, and had to have her back, obviously, she started the game against Middlesbrough, and she got a goal in the other game. So... Yeah, no, it's great to
0: have her back. Obviously, she's a young talent that hopefully will be one for the future. No, definitely. And she seems, certainly, I, I saw her at Loughborough and saw her again at Sheffield, which we'll come to in a bit. But she seems just really confident, obviously, by the looks of it, that that time out of Leafield has helped her understand the game more as a, as a woman. I think, as you said, Sai, last time round, rather than a girl, you know, there is that step up between the two. Um, not a lot really to say about the Middlesbrough game, by the fact it was a really nice, comfortable 4-0 win in the end. Um, and we moved on to Sheffield on Sunday, um, where we, the lineup didn't really change. Shan, uh, Laura Cooper, Emma Cross, Maz, Tammy, Jade, Amber, Kelly Darby, Katie Johnson, Anna Morfitt and Beth Merrick. Um, this was uh, your 5-0 prediction, um, Mr Tom. Uh, you were happy with that result when it came through in the end?
1: Yeah, uh, 5-0 victory. Um, It's great, That's nine goals in the last two games that Wolves have scored. So, you know, and another clean sheet. So, you know, we talk about goals, but, you know, we're not letting any goals in either. So, you know, we're solid at the back and and we're scoring plenty. So, yeah, 5-0 victory in that one, fantastic. And it's also great that we're seeing um, Phoebe, uh, Phoebe Hill come on. Um, for a debut in the first team as well because she's been doing some great things um, with Tom Warren's team so it's great to see her and yeah, 5-0 victory, three points in the bag and we move on to the next now Yeah, uh,
0: I think one thing I'll split two bits there Tom the first thing, I'd how good is it to have five different goal scorers Tom?
1: Yeah, it's brilliant as well, because you're not relying on the same people um, every week to score. I know that Amber Hughes has got, I like, think it's 22, is it, or something like that this season. Um, so, you know, to to get other goals as well in the team and not just rely on one player or your forwards, it's just brilliant.
0: Yeah, and, and Jess, Phoebe getting her debut, that that's a really good move for the club for her. And, and in general, sort of makes, shows the progression, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, definitely. You know, the reserves have been having a really good season and hopefully she's one of the first, apart from Leo and Lauren, and um, hopefully we'll see a lot more of the reserves over the next few seasons because, you know, they've done really well. So, yeah, I think as well with Katie Johnson obviously picking up a goal too, she's one of the other young talents at all. So it's great to see the young players progressing into the first team.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly sort of being there at the game, watching Phoebe come on, she was immediately stuck in and she had a... She... Was there, trying to get, her, you know, replicate KJ's and try and get a goal. She was sticking her head into things and and really sort of demonstrating that she didn't look out of place in that team and that eleven. So really good debut for. Her. I mean, okay, it was only ten minutes, but hope for the first ten minutes of many more. Um, sorry, we talked or Tom mentioned there, Amber, twenty-two goals this season. How many more do you reckon she can get? We've got five games left to go.
2: Thirty.
0: Thirty, yeah, thirty more, or just thirty goals in general.
2: No, 30, thirty. Thirty is a good target to have. That's that's pretty good. Be happy with that. I'm happy with how many she's got. Um, she does seem to bring a lot more to the team as well. But she's the the one that's just uh, on the end of everything. I think there's other people that have more. You know, Jade would like to get got more goals. And I was thinking about this earlier, but it's what Jade brings to the team stretches defenses and creates the opportunity. The tallest running and. I know she'd like to have scored more, but if you've got, you know, it's it ultimately it's about the team. You speak to anyone, and uh, you speak to any player, or certainly a striker, and say, "Oh, well, I scored a hat trick, but we lost five three. They'd rather have won three 0 and not scored any." So it's, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Amber, th- thirty goals, yeah, easy piece, piece.
0: Yeah, uh, and to be fair to Jade, uh, you know, she obviously got her goal, which is an excellent goal to take from just outside the box, but she's predominantly playing out on the wing as well, and um. Sheffield's number 12, I think it is, was uh, Yasmin is a, was rapid and her and Jade were having a foot races regularly and in, in, in up and down that line. And we, Yasmin was giving Jade a good push for her money. So it showed, you know, it was a really good tactical move by uh, Maka to stick Jade out on that side and, and hold, hold her out there. She
2: create, she, tactically, she creates problems because if you, if you press too high against Wolves, they will, pre- they will get in behind you with the pace that they've got with Beth and with with Jade and they will murder you. So you can't and the, but if you sit off them, we've got players like Tammy that will come on to you. So it's really good to have those different things. Teams do struggle to to figure us out. I think the only people who really got I know Burnley beat us, but that, that we we talked about it, it's a bit of a um a bit of a freak result because they've got a good start and sort of built confidence. But it was only really the only people that really absolutely hammered us was Derby, even though we won it was at our place in the second half, it really just completely matched us player for player and give us and no one else has really been able to sort of figure out how to to play us because we've got so many different ways of of playing and you don't know whether to stick or twist against his side because of the different weapons and a lot a lot of in the the you know the last few years teams have just Cardinals in the press too high, and it's just literally ball over the top, J Cross goal. Ball over the mm-hmm. top, J Cross goal. Fantastic, you know, why change a winning formula? That doesn't sound like God mackerel kill me thinking that we're a long ball team. <laughs> it's not a hoof. It's it's very well executed and turning the defense that the players too high line. Um, but now we've got goals from certainly much better quality of team goals, different, you know, different goal scorers, not such reliance on other ones. It's really good sort of
0: going forward as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I mean, we'll touch on just try, moving on just slightly. We'll touch on sort of the interview that um, Scott Scott Sellers has done with the Express and Star later on in this pod. But he was at the game watching the game. I mean, Jess, how good is that to see senior management at the at the games themselves and in away games as well? So it's not just a case of popping down to CKW on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, no, definitely. I think
3: it's a really good thing for the club obviously that article that they did release and stuff i think it's it's showing that where the wolves want to go with the women's football you know there's the more media coverage we can get the better and as she said it's not just down the road it's not like he's just popped out for a weekend you know it was quite a way away and i think yeah it's great to see that more attention is being put on us especially after the season we've been having
0: yeah it seems to be heading it certainly seems to be um positive coverage. I mean, my, my one, and so we'll come into the detail of the article later, my one question of the article is who initiated the article what, or the questions, the comments? Was that Scott telling the Express and Star what to say or was that the Express and Star asking the questions? That's may, maybe just my cynicism over the Express and Star, but there we go. Um, we'll leave that there. Um, obviously, we've had two Yorkshire teams. Well, Traditional county of Yorkshire. If you talk to a true Yorkshireman, with Middlesbrough, the, depends which side of the boundary you want to count it. Um, come, it would be at, you know away to them. So now we're going to have two Yorkshire teams come to. Uh, I was going to say come to the Molyneux. Then come to the CKW. Um, first game up is Huddersfield on the third of April. And um, obviously last time we played them, we
1: beat them three two up at their place.
0: Tom, you were at that game if I remember rightly.
1: Yeah I was um, A 3-2 uh, win that way um, I think if I remember correctly um, We had a few key players missing um, For that game as well Through illness and injury So you know When when we went up there to get the result I, And we went behind early on I believe we went 1-0 down And then we come back and won 3-2 in that game So you know yeah um, No team are easy um, This is going to be BV. Hardest test what we've got of a season now. Um, you know it's going to be a tough game. We know what what gave us a brilliant game away, and they're going to come to our place, and we're going to give us a good game. We've got some brilliant results under the belt this season. Um, we beat some big teams. Um, so you know it's going to be tough for us, but you know I think this is our toughest game left of the season, and I think for win that we're home and dry.
0: Yeah, they, they, they've beaten some big teams. They also beat some not very big teams on Sunday, beating West Brom 3-0. Um, and I think that was marred by refereeing decision site. I don't know if you've heard anything about what was going on with the referee in that game. All I saw was two red cards for West Brom players in about the 90th minute, which you do wonder at that point
2: I, I may have got wind of it if it was down here I might have been able to figure out who it was um, there's a, a pool of referees that always do the same kind of games but because it's up there um, they haven't put on the full time and I don't think Alvin have made much of a song and dance about, about what's no. happened um, but they're not very happy about it but then if they've had two players sent off I would suppose that there wouldn't be yeah um, but no, I've not seen anything. It's not uh, not in my count, <laughs> not in my in my backyard, so I'm not yeah. uh, I'm not aware.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it was a real shame because I came away after the, sort of, there was a couple of refereeing incidents last weekend. Actually, just quickly diving down that rabbit hole, uh, one up at Middlesbrough where apparently the the linesman or so assistant referee made disparaging comments about the the game, and uh, obviously this issues at West Brom, and it really marred it because I came away from our game. Really impressed with the referee that had done the Sheffield um, Wolves game. Because I mean, I think, I mean, Si, you'll tell me if this is sort of good practice or, or not, but I could hear we could hear him in the stands talking the players through, making it really clear, you know, just everyone knew where they stood with him and really managed the sort of the personalities, shall we say, of that both teams. Um
2: yeah, that that's the way I mean. That is the way I referee, um, and it's the, the comments that I normally get, especially junior football, is we appreciate the way that you spoke. And some it is more difficult with adults. It is more difficult yeah. with, uh, especially sort of Sunday league, because they just tell you where to go and they oh, we're cheerleader, are we? Um, but it, I think it's it it, it, it it to stay positive, and even if there's not a lot happening, women's football doesn't have the same cynicism. It doesn't have the same dirty, dark arts. You know, there's less cautions. There's less polls. So sometimes when there's less action happening, technically it's on the par, but there's there's less physicality in the game. It's you know, it's not a drug, I should say that. So I think even more so in women's games I will try and be more positive in my approach and more talkative because it keeps me engaged as well, because it stops me from switching off and um, you know, just keeps and, and it just reminds you that you're there. And that you set your stall out. Um, but going back on what you said about the middles, I think i have not heard that. What, what's what's gone on with the Middlesbrough
0: game? Well, basically, assistant referee. Basically, oh, don't take it seriously. It's only girls' football. So to, wow. to the crowd, and it's wow, like, yeah. It's an interesting way to resign from refereeing. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's been reported a couple of times in the um, in the social media space. so I don't know what, and I know I saw it on the since seventy one. Twitter feed, and I know um, Middlesbrough comments uh, sort of acknowledged Middlesbrough's official Twitter feed acknowledged that it's happened. And sort of, so I think that we, well, I hope the complaints going again because it's not appropriate if that is the case. If that hasn't. You,
2: you'll be surprised by the next statement I'm going to make because it's very, you know, and we try and get a lot of media attention that referees are badly treated and it's a horrible thing to do. And it is. And, and I know that there's, there's lots of different campaigns and social media things, and we've had the respect campaign and stuff. However, there are some that bring it on themselves. There are some, an absolute power tripload to themselves. And there are some that literally just seem to go in with the UK that they're going to wreck a game and make it all about them. There are people that are power crazy and people do. And, you, you know, you never want to see a referee get hurt and you don't like seeing referees get abused, etc. But it does always seem to be the same sort of names that, that crop up and that seem trouble seems to follow them wherever they go. And but then with this referee here, who's made those... Um, derogatory comments is not helping himself or the profile of referees in general because those things will stick subconsciously. Um and that you know we remembered and people remember that oh if that's a referees think about women's football what chance have we got and it's just it's bang out of order. Yeah suspended for it. If, if found guilty, it's difficult to prove very difficult to prove but if found guilty um should be facing a, a lengthy suspension.
0: No completely and this is why I mean just going on to your point is why I mean, we've had, we, you know, obviously in the last pod, we discussed the previous referees, yeah, the sending's off against uh, Ali, et cetera, and, and discussed that. And that's fair. But of course, on the flip side of that is we've got to, when we see good refs, praise that and call it out, which is why I wanted to make that point about the, the referees. You don't get good
2: refs. You either get a, a bad game or no one notices you. That's all you want. You don't want anyone yeah. to say you've had, a good, you've had a good game because hopefully nothing's happened. If no one's talking about you, that's a good game.
0: Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Anyway, going back into, sorry, we went down a little bit of a rabbit hole there. Um, just going back to the Huddersfield game. I mean, obviously, they've um, they're playing filed tomorrow night. We're recording this on Tuesday. They're playing filed tomorrow night, Tom. I mean, I think we're, you know, we're hoping they put out their full strength 11 against filed and then rest a few players on Sunday. That's right, isn't it?
1: Yeah, um, most definitely. I think, you know, they go strong going Hopefully they'll beat Followed as well, um, because I'm, have been looking. I think if they, if Huddersfield beat followed, I think we've got a chance of winning the league against Sheffield FC, is it or something like that.
0: Yeah, so we we'll get to win it at like... home. Yeah,
1: at home. So, yeah, I'd play, hopefully they go strong, full out, get the win, and then rest players against us, and you know we get the three points.
0: Yeah, it's going to be, a, it'll be an interesting game, won't it, uh, Jess? I mean, they've had to, they've, Hudsfield commenting after the West Brom game that they've had injuries and they've had to reorganise to try a different formation. So it's not necessarily going to be the same team that we've seen previously or has been, we've scouted.
3: Yeah, definitely. Obviously, they've got injuries, which doesn't help them. It benefits us, obviously. And, you know, they, they're playing a very, very good team tomorrow. So, yeah, I think they're, they're both two things that benefit us. Obviously, it would really, really help us out if they manage to get something against filed. But yeah, I think injuries, obviously, we struggled when we went and played them last time. In the reverse fixture, we had injuries and people out. So I think, yeah, obviously, they'll have players out which won't help them. And obviously, the game in midweek, you'd like to think that they will have to change it up a bit, you know, three game weeks with players that have jobs as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they do rotate players throughout this week.
0: No, definitely. Uh so, Jess, you know, we have a score prediction from yourself, please.
3: Um, three-one Wolves.
0: Three-one Wolves. Okay, I've gone two-nil, so that's fine. So, just quickly get that one in there. Mystic Tom, can we have your prediction so we all know what what to put our money on? I'll
1: say three-nil. three-nil, three-nil victory, three goals and a clean sheet for Sean.
0: 3 0 and clean sheet. Go on, Si. Three-one. 3-1. Oh, there we go. So we've got Jess and Cy on 3-1 and and me on 2-0 and Tom on 3-0. So there we go. So Mystic Tom is said 3-0. Right, moving on to sort of a week and a bit's time. It's Sheffield FC at home 10th of April. Um, they've got that lot down the road in, in Tesco carry bags on the 3rd. So hopefully they'll get a win there. Um, and then they'll also rest players for us. Um, so yeah, as you said, Tom, with if filed get less than seven or filed needs seven points from the three games they play between now and the 10th, or including the 10th, they play Huddersfield on Wednesday, Derby on the third, and Stoke on the 10th. And if they, get, if they don't get seven points from those three games, we can win. If we beat Huddersfield and Sheffield, we can win the league at home on, against Sheffield. Um, it's the maths started to get complicated, but that was how I worked it out. Is basically if I if I'd drop points against um, Huddersfield and Derby, then the league's ours. Basically, I think is the, the sort of the, the nuts and bolts of it all. Um, so there we go. That's so this makes this game really important in that sense, in my view. So I, you agree? We need to go out strong.
2: Yeah, I think we will do. Again, tempo, start. You know, Tom was at the game. Um, sorry, I want to let the Huddersfield go to Sheffield. Again, tempo, start. We will get more than five at home against them. Um, and it's a shame, you know, if results go our way, we may be winning the league, but let's not worry about that. Let's just keep keep chalking the uh, keep chalking the results. Um, but
0: yeah, 6-0 that. Six oh, you're getting your predictions in early, so si. I wasn't even ready for predictions. Yeah. There six yeah. nil. Well, jot yeah, it down. I'll jot it down. Six
2: nil. Si. I, I, I mean, was distracted I, when you asked me, I genuinely was because I was looking about. I got you got in a rabbit hole. I was looking about Derby results, and I didn't know obviously Derby played Forest. Mm-hmm. That they, Derby had a had a player sent off for absolute worldy save top bins yeah. at one nil, and then the Forest missed the penalty. So the defender saved it on the line. Who said cheats never prosper? That's what I got confused. I was trying to see if I can find a video of it. I was having a look. Um, but yeah, top bin, going to top bins and the, the defender saved it on the line and then they've missed the penalty. Cheats never prosper, eh?
0: Yeah, well, Derby women are doing better than Derby men. Let's just leave it there. That, that's uh, yeah. least said. But yeah, I, I think... Um, I mean, I was listening to our friend Chris Gadsby on his... Um, showing he was doing all the predictions yeah sort of doing all the ramifications how it works and it's like yeah no I'm just going really simple Wolves win everything sorted league's ours but yeah I think you've um, filed, filed I don't want to win it away at Brighouse
2: because I don't want to go to Brighouse
0: so I, I don't know. have to have traipse up there you see it's, it's the grim <laughs> it ain't grim up north remember we've just been it up there it is grim good. up north they're all, all wearing leather waistcoats and flat caps and walk whippets <laughs> Didn't see a single whip it at Sheffield. That's all I'm going to say. Oh no why? Um, you see, I've lots got lots of hills though. Oh, yeah, and crooked spies as well. But that's different. That's yeah. Chesterfield. But you see, for me, I've got a choice toss up of either Wolves. If Wolves if file drop points, I'm at Sheff, I'm at Wolves for Sheffield. If I don't drop points, I can go to Wolves Men's on the twenty threes against Peterborough. It, Ten minutes up the road. It's I, I'm Or then I have to go up to Brighouse. It's. But hey, Yorkshire, whatever, they're tight. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Jess, I mean, we, I mean, I think you, you also commented in the group chat about the state of the pitch. And I think Jade um, mentioned the state of the pitch. and I know Maka did as well in the post-match interviews. How much do you think our playing surface at CKW will benefit us against Sheffield? Yeah, we're very fortunate at
3: the CKW that the pitch is generally quite good. And obviously... The pitch at the weekend didn't look too good and I think you know the girls will be used to playing obviously at Compton the pitchers are obviously very very good there and yeah I definitely think hopefully the pitch will be a lot better than it was at the weekend but I think you know at the end of the day at this level of football we're not in the top level of football so I think we have to take into account that pitches aren't going to be top standard every single game week in week out but I think you know we are going to get occasionally we are going to get pitches like that but it's just
0: something we just have to take and not let it affect us yeah no that pitch was um dry and bobbly I think is the technical terminology limited on grass in places as well but there you go what can we say as you're spot on there Jess with the fact we've got to just take it take what we come at this level Tom uh, any views and thoughts on the game before I get your prediction
1: uh, you know, I think it's gonna be another game like it was away, in all fairness. I think that, you know, um Sheffield FC are not gonna to wanna to come out much, you know, they're just gonna sit back and absorb the pressure just like we did away. And you know, it's up to us to break them down. Because um, I think that if if Sheffield FC did come out and, and tried to take the game to us, they'd just get spanked. It would just be a cricket score in the end of the day. Um so, yeah, um, I think it's just going to be a similar game, um, And my prediction. Um, it's a difficult one because we've got home advantage, but I'm going to stick with 5-0. 5-0. Jess, what's your prediction? I was going to say 5-0 too. 5-0 I it
0: is. We'll do the same we did them at the weekend. I, I, I'm going having seen and benefit seen and obviously this weekend it is i am going for 7-0 I, I think with a better playing surface um and the fact of the home crowd behind us and hopefully there'll be another big crowd behind us um that will really push them up uh, push them up and put uh, and sheffield will have to try and get something they, they, they know that if they sit back too much they'll well, they'll they'll lose regardless but it's just a case of yeah, prolonging it. Um, just one to watch out for as well is uh, there was a little bit of I'm going to use the term loosely handbags um, between Amber and their number four bit of pushing and shoving. I think basically Amber steps on her foot and but as she stepped backwards to try and take a shot and the number four pushed her and yeah, but nothing much. But it might just might be something to watch out for in the the next game. Um, before we come to, the, before, we, oh, just to wrap up this sort of first half, um, the reserves um, played on the third, uh, sorry, the reserves played a couple of weeks back and they beat Sporting Cal to 3-2 with Grace Gregory getting first and Leo getting a, a couple of goals as well in that game with their last game of the season, 3rd of April, away to Lincoln. Um, so I think, Jess, you commented we might well see some more of the the reserves. I think that Sheffield game is a chance to see some of those reserves on the bench.
3: Yeah, definitely. Obviously that game in the reverse fixture that we played at the weekend, obviously it was great to see Phoebe there, but I think, yeah, I'd like to think that, you know, it will be not easy, but, you know, I think it is a perfect opportunity for some of the reserves to at least be on the bench and hopefully get some minutes in at the end like Phoebe did.
0: Yeah, I mean... um... Mackenzie's been um, in and around the first team squad the last couple of games. I know she went up to Middlesbrough and she was there again to, uh, on Sunday as well, which was great to see her training, um, especially Beck Thomas being away with the um, or playing occasionally for Kiddie, et cetera. Um, other sort of bits of news before we dive into some of the other sort of what else is going on around the club, et cetera. Um, the County Cup final has been announced, dates have been announced. Uh, Eleventh of May, Simon, uh, over at uh, Warsaw's Bank. I call it the Banksy Stadium, Best Scott Ground, whatever you want to call it. Warsaw, uh,
2: home home serve, skid mark in Warsaw. Um, what an absolute! Well, fancy that, eh? well done, congratulations! You have got all the way to a cup final. Where's he going to play? Bloody Warsaw. Um, And believe me, the facilities are atrocious there. But no, it's good. Hopefully, it's good that they've kept it local, actually. I'd rather have played there than sort of Solihull and where there have other places that have had it. They've had it in Tamworth. And, you know, it's nice to be at a neutral ground and a stadium. There wasn't really, I suppose, many other options um, for it. So it's good. Um, Another win over the Albion in the bag already because it's easy. It's easy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well, and that's it. it's, and it's
2: not for everyone, they're not they're not our bogey side anymore for the women, might still be for the men, but um, we'll definitely do a, a county cup special um, closest to the time. So, I'm looking forward to it, and we'll all be beating the drum and getting people to go down there.
0: Mm. Yeah, Tom, I mean, I think Tom, I mean, they've not announced ticket details yet, Tom, but um, I think what we were talking about is trying to sort of get everyone into sort of one area so we can make a bit of um, a bit of a crowd, bit of a single sort of Bank of Wolves fans sounds like a plan doesn't
1: it? Yeah it's better if like all Wolves fans stuck together rather than being mixed crowd which is I think what they've said So not going to be segregated so obviously that does spoil the atmosphere in a way you'd want all Wolves fans to be together and it creates a bigger atmosphere and get behind the girls wouldn't it um, rather than have Albion and Wolves fans just mixing together all in the stands it's yeah I'll try to have it all together to be honest
0: yeah uh, so obviously i mean you know, as Sai says we'll have a something closer to the game for the, the prep for it um and please do keep an eye on socials um where we'll share sort of what once we know what the ticket situation is where where to stand you know sort of where to congregate it's seating isn't it now it's not standing you can't stand there um and we can get there uh, sort of try and get us, as many of us there together in one one bank and make as much noise as possible um that lot are going to want to try and do a save in the final just because it's the only thing they've got left to play for. Um, so, don't unfortunately, I don't think they can go down this season anymore. Um, but there you go. Um, so, that brings us to the end of part one of the Wolves Women podcast, and we'll be back after the short break. Many thanks. <laughs> Welcome to the second part of the seventeenth episode of the Wolves Women Podcast. We'll dive straight into the March player of the Month vote. Um, obviously, by the Burnley game, an excellent month for, for the team, with all the players sort of you know deserving to be sort of a recognition. So a bit really tough call cool to make, Tom. But you know, sort of one of the four, we've sort of pulled up is Amber with her goals, wouldn't you say, Tom?
1: Yeah, um, Amber's done great, isn't she? Again this month, and she's been great all season. Um, you know, she's come from a tier above in tier two, dropped down to tier three with us, and she's been re- she's been one of the standout players for us, especially going forward. I mean, twenty-two goals, I think, this season for Amber, and she's uh, and it's not just the goals; it's all-round play. She creates chances. she links up with Jade well, and links up with Beth, and it's just brilliant to watch her play and. Now, it's not just the goals we've but to get 22, and as Sai says, she could go on and get 30 this year. She's just been immense for us. Yeah, another
0: player, Sai, who's been really good, uh, certainly in these last few few weeks as she's got back from injury, is Maz Maz Gauntlet. Um, I think one thing just I saw really well on Sunday was how, as we broke out from a corner, she would hold the ball up and sort of help sort of. Um, you know, sort of let everyone else get out a bit and then turn and sort of spray the passes out.
2: Yeah, we mentioned it when she came back from injury against Albion, there isn't another player in this division that can do what Maz can do mm. and the things that she does. And now she's getting the sharpness in and she's getting, you know, that match fitness back um, and her overall fitness. It's it's such an asset to have. She obviously is going to link up well with, with, with Amber, uh, for many reasons, mainly playing together for so long. And it's a shame that H wasn't there to sort of complete the, uh, complete the three, but she's probably doing H's role, to be honest, in the 10-roll just in behind. But she just links up the play, very intelligent, picks little passes, tries things that you wouldn't even think to try um, and usually pulls it off as well. And she's got a, a good strike on her as well. So it's, it's really good in the running. And some things have all worked out well because we've lost a bit of midfield cover and... And things like that that we've needed so it's great to have her sort of backfiring and, and, and back she's probably not even at full uh,
0: match sharpness now so that will come hopefully over the uh, the, the running Yeah no definitely uh, Jess um, KJ you know stepping up from Lee Field getting a first start and a goal
3: Yeah I think you know she's been really good when she's come back for us um, obviously like I si said we have needed a bit of a midfield cover obviously with Anna Price and H being out and Alton, you know obviously she's come back from her loan at Leafield, and you know I think she's really stepped up she's a young player and obviously yes she played for us before with and she did get game time but I think for her to come back and start the game against Middlesbrough and then get a goal against Sheffield I think yeah it's been uh, hopefully it'll boost her confidence and it'll really she'll, she'll continue the run of form throughout the rest of the season and hopefully she'll get more minutes as she progresses
0: no, definitely, um, and the, the sort of the final tr- one of the trio, Kelly Darby, real sort of leader at the back, and I think it was noticeable in the one game we didn't play well this se- or this or this season, and this, certainly this month, it was the one game that Kelly wasn't there. I think it's she's a she's a rock at the back of that defense, and that's not a criticism of the other defenders, but I think it she just adds something in terms of leadership there, you know, talking and sort of. Uh, managing the, the defence, you know where you stand with Kelly. So I think uh, another excellent uh, month in general for Kelly um, that demonstrates that. Talking about uh, midfield coverage, um, there was somebody who nobody recognised immediately on the, the subs bench at uh, Sheffield, not named as a sub, but in among the squad. A um, bit of detective work from DCI, Jess Deakin, identified who it was as Le- uh, Leah Burridge of Bridgewater United, um, or so to say, formerly of Bridgewater United, as after the Sheffield game, she announced that she had left Bridgewater United. Um, what I mean, Jess, you, you did the digging. You tell us a little bit about her.
3: From what I've heard and what I've seen, she seems to be a very, very good player. You know, the people I've spoken to that I know from Bridgewater, they they said that she's a very, very talented player and we're very lucky to have her, you know. I think she plays midfield and I think she can drop defensively as well, but, you know, she's, she was their captain. She won their player of the season. She's played at very high level. So I think, yeah, I think she'll be an amazing asset for us to cover over midfield. And hopefully, if needed, she can drop back into defence too.
0: So, yeah, I, I think a welcome addition to the pack. Obviously, that was announced uh, sort of a couple of hours ago was time of recording just to sort of, um formally and i did i was starting to worry because i sort of spotted her there and sort of was ju- and spotted her announcement i was trying to and, and sort of assume that this was going to be coming and then the longer it went on i was sort of thinking now i can't do maths i can't put two and two together but no really really good to see her and um I know our parents are very proud, and they're looking forward to coming and watching um, Wolves and sort of see Leah. So, if you do see her parents in the, Shelley and uh, Stewart in the stands, do give them a warm welcome. That you know they're, they're now part of the pack. So, uh, great to see. Um, moving on, to something we touched on sort of earlier on in the the the, the pro, um, program, the Express and Star article with Scott Sellers. Uh, so, si, you, know, you i presume you had a read of it. Any sort of initial views on it?
2: not really because it's the same same bites as as season before at least this at least i suppose that they've they've shown it we we knew that all before covid that the investment had massively changed and and that happened when the girls stopped paying for pitches in the for the RTC and they're all using the training ground so that that's been on the cards but it's at least we kind of don't have the same cynicism in the club because they've actually put the money where the mouth is and, and, and pumped a lot of, of, of resource in them I and dedicated members of staff, etc. And they couldn't do more for the team. Um, but and this time round, it's just more of a continuation of the same and that's fine. And no one wants to talk about promotion because of the horrible playoff, which I've mentioned a million times that it's just horrendous for either team. Um, to go through that, and I don't want to be back in this division next season. Um, but then they're really going to have to start talking about plans for if that happens, and 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 sort of, are they going to increase the investment? Are we going to be paying some contracts on a semi-professional basis, and and, and infrastructure there? So it would be good to have, if 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 if, if we go up, um, to have a dedicated article. Yes, we were shoehorned in a little bit in as part of a bigger one, but actually someone needs to sit down and, and tell us exactly what the plan is going forward for the, for the women um, solely uh, going forward and what their, what their vision is. And, and is that they're where they want us to be? Are they happy with that? Are they happy with the championship or, you know, ambitions to go full time um, and beyond?
0: Yeah. It's, and I think one of the sort of key points that was, did come out very early on, I think was a deliberate drop was the stadium. Uh, the fact we won't be at uh, CKW next season, uh, next, if, if we yeah, get promoted. Um, yeah, well, we, we all know the ground
2: capabilities and the, the requirements. Like I said, you can't have, I mean, God's sake, at the parking at the AFC Wolf Union is a joke. Um, so you've got to have it. There's, uh, there's lots and lots more to it. Um, but we all know where it's going to be between the two of, we all know it's going to be Telford Academies, and we've all got our own personal views on it and what's going to be better. Neither really, but there isn't anywhere else. So I just hope that where they do go, that the fans travel. Either one's a crap drive. Yeah, but, um... I was going
0: to pick up just quickly, just on the ground guiding... There's a whole document which is easy enough to find and, and if needs be, we can tweet out if people really want to read it. It's, I've tried reading it. It's very dull and boring. Um, just quickly, some of the things that are in there. Requirement for two turnstiles, separate exits as well as entrances, media tower and facilities, um, spectators full view from three sides, car parking, 24 seats for directors. Have we got 12 directors at Wolves? I don't know. Um, and yeah so i mean we put out a a, a vote um still running at the minute for either you know sort of picking up kiddie telford or heads or a another i mean i was tempted to put molyneux but i think that would have been a a skew the results because i think we all know where we would have preferred um and we've talked about it in the group and we, we we all sort of have gone through some of those issues you know sort of raised some of those concerns i mean tom the the people vote you know said Telford is a preference kiddie second realistically at the minute. But I think there's a huge risk, as I sort of alluded to, Tom, of, of um not being in Wolverhampton next next season if we if we do go to either Telford or Kiddie. What are your initial views there on that, Tom?
1: Well I think it's gonna be outside Wolverhampton. We've got no other choice. I mean where are you going to play in Wolverhampton? There's nowhere to play other than Molyneux and then you've got a you know we've swap around the men's fixtures because you know men's play on a Sunday and sky change every month so you'd have to go from month to month because you get no you can't sit at the beginning of a season and say oh well we're free that week because Sky will just say well hang on a minute we're putting the men's there and women, the women get turfed out again and so the only real options are as I said just you know, be or or Telford and I think it will be Kitty, just because the under twenty threes have got a um, contract already with them, and the under twenty threes did actually ditch off um, AFC Telford a few, couple of seasons back. I think I remember that, you know, nearly every game was being called off at Telford, and they ended up playing most of the games that come to them that year. So, just in my purse I think I think it will be Kitty, just for the fact that our under twenty threes play there, and it will make it easy for the club to to do a deal with them.
0: Yeah, no, completely. I think you're right there. Uh, unfortunately, so uh, you know, um, I, I, you know, I, you know, hands on heart, I don't live in the area. You, you know, I'm quite open with that. Cambridge, I drive to the games regardless. Um, but I don't know what you know if public transport's like therefore up that, you know, up in the West Midlands on a Sunday. If it's anything like here, it's non-existent. Um, I, I'm just thinking that you yeah, know, surely the club just could organise, I mean, even, you know, even if people are paying for the for the use of it, could the club could organise some sort of club transport from, from the Molyneux every Sunday morning to the game. That would be beneficial.
3: Yeah, I think if the numbers are there and people are willing to, you know, pay their part in that, I think it, it is a no-brainer, you know. I think one thing we don't want is if we do get promoted and we have to move further away from Wolverhampton and then the attendances will drop I just don't think that that that's not something the club will want and I'm sure that they'll put things in place and do their best that they can wherever we go have to go next season I'm sure they'll do their best to try and help supporters out in terms of how they can get there and how much easier it can be obviously you know as you said putting in some kind of transport for them I think you know they'll want to try and get as many fans in as possible and improve the from what we've had this season instead of
0: Decreasing them because we've moved away from Wolverhampton. Yeah, I mean, we've always we've said that we've got one of the best attendances in the league, so it'd be really good to uh, and uh, an attendance that will challenge a lot of the the uh, championship teams. So it'd be really good to keep that up. I mean, so si, one of lots of comments that was said on, in the vote was, I mean, obviously that you know a lot of people saying keep it in Wolverhampton comes back to that issue that Tom's already alluded to. But I think one thing that was mentioned. Is what's what's the future even if you know short term that's you know we're going to kiddie or telford um as you know kiddie makes sense um is there a future for a dedicated women's slash academy stadium do you think nope
2: just simply because they're just the academy and women's, the women's is, is very different yes there is a, a, the academy stadium but there's just nowhere for it you cannot have it on the grounds of the training ground. It's just a security, the security nightmare. Mm. There's not enough parking. You can't have it on the training ground. There isn't the land there. It's owned by the school, um, and Steve Morgan owns the, land, owns the land behind, which is the whole reason he bought the club because he got all those houses, um, and then naffed off when they were built. But there's just is, there's nowhere to do it, and there's not going to pay the money, and the fans would not accept to in an academy stadium when we've got a decrepit stand in the Steve Ball. If you're going to spend money state you know We're going to talk about the mental one. We try not to, but if you're going to spend the money, knock the steeple down and rebuild it, it's just not. It just would not wash with the fans, and the, and there isn't the facility to do it. I was one of the ones that years ago, before the read the North Bank, that there was before Jaguar got built. I don't know how well you know the M54 sort of corridor, but J- JLR built a couple of massive factories on the side of Billbrook. Yeah, and that was mooted that Wolves could pack up and go. Because they don't own the land for, for Molyneux anymore because when they really went bump in the 80s. And I would have been all for it. Brand new purpose-built stadium on the outskirts of town because you'd have had all the land and the right swell to, to, to bolt something on the end of that. But it hasn't happened. The land's gone. It's just, it's pie in the sky. As much as I'd love it and it'd be fantastic, it's just not going to happen. It's just it's just going to be hopefully more of marquee games be done at Molyneux, understand that the, that the expectations are there and try and and as the profile of women's football goes and more and more maybe just maybe that all sort of the the bigger teams in WSL will be playing at their home stadiums you know united you get 20,000 then if they continue to get 20,000 it's commercially viable to continue to use the stadium if wolves get six, seven, eight thousand, 8,000 which is like dreamland um you know to be in the WSL then it's commercially viable
1: Tom, you want to set, set, come in on that? Yeah, I'll just agree with what um, size so just says. You know, um, you, you look at... It, I get that Man City's done it, that Man City's got one, and they're, I mean, they've got lots of land to build on. I mean, when when Man City moved to... Yeah, hadn't built that, they had a massive piece of land. Wolves haven't got that. We ain't got that. You look around Wolverhampton, where are you going to build a stadium? Where are you going to build... Um, <laughs> 'Cause there isn't no land there and the only way you can do it is demolish Asda and are Wolves gonna want to demolish Asda? Are we gonna buy buy that land and you know get Asda knocked down? It's not gonna happen. It's just and you know, we seen Liam Keane's article last week, um Wolves talking about a stadium for Molyneux and that's on the back burner now. So we're not gonna do any amendments to Molyneux. So, you know, if we're not gonna demolish you, we're definitely not going to look at Buying a, a piece of land to build an academy stadium on. It's just, we've got to deal with it. We've just got to suck it up. And, you know, if we have got to travel to Telford or to Kiddie, then so be it. But yeah, I just can't see Wolves just spending fat millions of pounds on, on a land and then building a, a, a stadium because there's one, there's nowhere to build it, and two, I don't think it'd be financially viable for the club. My
0: head says you're right. My heart still says we need to have a lovely, you know, sort of purpose-built academy stadium that sort of pitch the same layout as the Molyneux, so that therefore they can literally just be on the under-18s, under-23s, the, the women, women's reserves, all play on there, and then as needed they can just step up and play onto the Molyneux, and it's no difference. But hey, that's heart and head. Um, which I mean, it leads on to a really good listener's question. Luke Parsons has asked. Given the way Wolves have been performing and are on track for back-to-back promotions, how long do you think it will be? It will be before we see Wolves in the WSL. So, I mean, obviously, this season's championship. See Liverpool go up, Birmingham come down um, into the, from you know come down from WSL into the championship, and it will either be Watford or Coventry dropping out of the championship. So that just gives us sort of a, a, that gives a bit of a flavour of where it will be. Jess, what do you see as sort of how long before we could see Wolves in the WSL?
3: Um, I think obviously long term we want to build something really good here with women's football at Wolves and I think, you know, in the next five to ten years I'd like to think we'd be in the WSL or at least be on well on our way to that. I think to get promoted to the Championship and expect to go up straight away is just not going to happen, you know. The Championship can be very difficult, you know. Some teams have got Loads of players that have come straight from WSL football signed on to professionals, and then you know you've seen teams like Coventry who have really really struggled. And I think to get to it to expect to get promoted in the next couple of years into the WSL, I just don't think is possible. But I think long-term wise, I couldn't see why we won't be in the WSL by the next over the next few years. So
2: yeah, I think so. It- all comes down to money, doesn't it? Um, they've categorically said they wouldn't do like Chelsea and Arsenal and just literally throw millions and and, and throw literal millions at it. Uh, although Chelsea haven't got the money anymore, um, it's tricky, isn't it? It's really tricky because next season's going to be a reality check. We've been winning every single game for years and years and years. Um, and then all of a sudden we're not going to be. How is that going to affect the momentum? How is that going to affect the support? How is it going to be, you know, we're almost like we've got a championship manager and we've just set ourselves the best best side and that's what we're going to play. And then all of a sudden you start losing and people lose interest. So it's got to grow in in parallels with the, the profile of the women's game. The Euros this year is really going to help and they are doing so much that they can to keep the support going. And we're one of the best supported in this division and probably... You Know if we were as and when we get in the championship, we've got to keep that up and just keep it on an upper trajectory, it can't stagnate. Um, I think the end game is WSL, but they would need to be professional first, and there's lots of other things and as a professional full time academies as well. The same that the boys do, they've got to give the girls the same opportunities and they do sort of the schooling and they give them a full academy, um, and then you will see the, the fruition of it. Um, but I don't, I don't want to be like, we we're a better run club than Birmingham City as a as a whole. I just don't want to be that perennial strugglers and just always be at the bottom and scrapping for your life. And that's what I don't want. So it's, it's tricky. Be careful what you wish for.
1: Yeah. Tom? Yeah, I can't see just getting in with WSL anytime soon. I'm not in the immediate future anyway. Because, um, you know, if you look from the league, got we're now to the championship there's a goal of class between the two leagues so you know we've got to if you get promoted this season our aim will be to settle ourselves in the championship avoid relegation but just keep ourselves in that league and then we'll take it from there but you know it's going to take a good few seasons in the championship to build something up as Cy says we're going to have to look at possibly going semi-pro then into a professional format and then you know because and then you got that big golf of class again from you know championship to WSL. You've got players in that league what play for different internationals for England for America and all different. So it's a bit of different ball game in the WSL. So I think on a timeline, I think about what Jess says, you know, roughly about another ten years, we will be getting up towards there but yeah I would have enough nothing's intimate and as as you've said walls won't chuck money at it it won't be financial viable just to throw millions and millions at it and waste money like that because we're going to be at losses we'll be making losses on it so you know this is what it is we'll settle for championship build up and see where we go somewhere
0: yeah I mean I've been asked in sort of in, in sort of other sort of groups I'm in about sort of Walls and whether we're going to go professional next season, and I've very much been of the view: next season we'll carry on as we are, um, then look to go semi-pro. If, you know, if we stay in the, if we can stay in the championship after one, you know, next season, then start to go look at bring, putting people onto semi-pro contracts. You know, maybe targeting one or two people. You know, the likes of Tammy, um, get her started down to some sort of semi-pro contract, give her a role within the club at, at you know, on the. Um, administrative side somewhere along and and pay for her to be training with the club as well. So it's like, you know, take that pressure off her financially Um, and then look after a couple of seasons of going, then going professional, you know, sort of going sort of fully professional sort of of three, four, five years down the line after that. And then that's when you can start to challenge. I mean, I think, as you say, side, that the, the, the attention is going to come after the Euros and I think the money after the next or with the next TV deal, not the one they've got currently, the you know the one out that follows, the one that finishes now, will trickle more down into the championship, and that's when it all starts to become viable for teams. And I think it's worth noting that Blackburn have been in that in the championship for a couple of seasons now, and are not really challenging for sort of the top half. They're sort of the you know they're one of the bottom half teams there. So you know if we can keep up around them and Sunderland and whoever wins, whoever stays up out of Watford and Coventry, then actually. We'll be doing okay, and then it's just a case of pushing sort of the the bottom half of the top six out of that lot, you know, and just keep on challenging them until we can organically get to the top half, uh, and then that's it. But I think that's it's a it's got to be the aspiration though of the club. You know, we're a big club uh, as a yeah you know, as Wolverhampton Wanderers, we're a big club, and we should be in the WSL. We should be one of the names that are there. Um, it, but we just it got to do it right, not just buy a place in the in the. WSL because I don't think that that won't do us any favours either it'll just set us up so everyone wanting to beat us Um, we want to do it on merit but there we go Um, so there we go Um, so that brings us does bring us towards the end of the the pod Um, thank you very much for uh, another good session guys Tom anything from yourself
1: no I think we've um, covered everything what needs to be covered in today's body Jess anything from yourself no uh, so, si.
2: congratulations to former Wolves player Chloe Evans. She's uh, next no, she's having a baby girl. So I just uh, saw it on
0: Twitter. Huge congratulations! Thank you, Cy, si, for that. Yeah, huge congratulations, to Chloe, from all of us here, as well. That's great news. And um, yeah, try and get and just you know, sort of final sort of pushes. Please do take a mate down to the CKW Stadium over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we've got two home games before Easter. Then it's Easter up at Brighouse. You might
2: even bump into someone amazing like me and Tom or Nick or Jess. There you go. What more do you want? Put me and Tom. But me and Tom more. We well, more you won't
0: miss Tom with his hair, and you got to go up and get no, exactly. a picture of Tom's hair. Um, just Tom's hair, yeah. not yeah. Um, but no, in all seriousness, do you know, try and get. A fa- you know, if you can, sort of bring the family down. It's a really good day out. They do excellent smores at the CKW as well, um, and and yeah, it's all good fun. So please, more fans we have down there. The better for everybody so thank you very much everyone please do sort of follow us on social media give us five star reviews now i think and remember come on the wolves